welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about season five, episode nine, Listening to Fear. Uh, yeah, no announcements. Um, we're recording this very close to Christmas, so that's always a fun time. I was offline telling Froggy about the Fortress of Amazon boxes <laughs> I'm currently living in in my office here. So, yeah, just... Happy holidays, people. Yeah, I know. Um, well, by the time, yeah, by the time this comes out, it'll be way past. Yeah, but this is, yeah, well, I mean, this is the last time we'll record before Christmas. We yeah. won't pick up recording until the new year. Yeah, because um, that's the thing. It's Christmas and then New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve. So, yeah, so, yeah, we won't pick up recording for about two, three weeks. Yes, but we have a backlog thanks to. Oh, yeah, we are. We're queued up, like, through January, so that's good. Um, but yeah, so happy holidays, everybody. Um, hope it was a and, good one. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we hope you guys had a great one. And let's get into this. So Listening to Fear aired November 28th, 2000. And as the Scoobies investigate a murderous meteor-born creature, Buffy stays with Joyce, whose brain tumor is affecting her personality. Meanwhile, Riley fraternizes with questionable company. (laughs) So what are our foreign titles? Our foreign titles for this week in Armenian, Believe in Fear, Hmm. Finish Hours of Fear. Okay. French, Meteorite. I do like the German one. All Bad Things Come From Above. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Hungarian is Fear. Italian is the Meteorite. Japanese, Voice of Fear. And Polish is the Stigma of Fear. All Bad Things Come From Above. I like that one. Definitely the favorite. Yeah. So we do get a previously on uh, catching us up on all that's happened over the past couple of weeks. Riley's fun new obsession, Glory's arrival, the fact she may be an ancient, the fact Dawn's the key, and Joyce's brain tumor. Then we're back at Sunnydale Memorial where Buffy and Dawn are hanging out with their mom in her hospital room. Dawn helping herself to some jello. Joyce tells them that honestly, she won't be insulted if they want to go out for real food. And Buffy insists they're fine. That relaxing in bed, having someone bring you food on a tray, that's the dream. Dawn likes the jello, which is fine with Joyce. Food that moves on its own wigs her out. Dawn likes that it's wiggly, but says a girl at school told her that jello is made from ground up cow's feet. And so when you eat jello, you cause some poor cow to limp around with no feet. <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Uh, Dawn not having any feet is that cow's <laughs> least of its concerns. Buffy just reminds her mom that she is the one who insisted on teaching her how to talk. <laughs> Joyce's doctor comes in, and when Joyce reintroduces the girls, he mentions that they're becoming part of the regular crew, just keeping their mom company. Good, long as they don't wear her out. Joyce doesn't think that's possible. She woke up exhausted. Turns out he comes bearing good news. Her blood work is back. Everything looks good. And her surgery has been scheduled for the day after tomorrow. At this, both Buffy and Dawn look a little worried. It's good, but so much can still go wrong. Two more days. Joyce doesn't know if she can do it. But Dawn and Buffy assure her they have tons of fun things planned. 
Joyce knows Buffy has patrol. She doesn't have to stay. It's fine. Riley and the others are filling in and she knows they have it covered. Cut to them so not having it covered. (laughs) Due in part to the fact that Riley never showed up. So now Xander, Willow, and Giles are taking on a small coterie of vamps all by their lonesome. But hey, Willow staked two. Two! She was so cool, except for the part where she was terrified and her knees were all shaky. But two! As they leave, wondering where Riley got off to, or if he just forgot, we, the viewing audience, find (laughs) out that he is hanging out basically in the vamp equivalent of a crack house. (laughs) Bad life choices! Uh, sitting in a chair in the dark as a female vamp feeds from him. Riley, dude. We, oh. Dude. Yeah. He, he, we need, we need an intervention. Credits. Still awesome. We return from the credits to the hospital where Willow has arrived with gifts. Makes her feel like Santa, except younger and thinner and female and, well, and Jewish. Jewish. To Joy, she gives a beer hat, which in the store made perfect sense, but now Willow (laughs) fears she might seem crazy. Joyce loves it, though, and tells Willow she is very sweet. It is a very cute, it is a very cute, like, the way that she describes using it. For Dawn, there's a book of spells, which Buffy does not love, because, yes, let's teach the girl who can break stuff just by looking at it to break stuff just by looking at it. (laughs) Willow assures her there's no real spells in there. Just more history, anecdotes. But speaking of history, Willow's brought Buffy her textbook. Buffy's not sure she believes in tiny Jewish Santa anymore. (laughs) She also brought her a yo-yo. She tells Buffy that the book is just in case she feels like reading up. They've made it to World War I, which is what the final will probably be on. Yeah, Buffy's not sure she's going to take that test. Suddenly, Joyce, who a moment ago said she had a bit of a headache coming on, says that she would tear it up and stick it in bed with her. The girls all look at her and she says she thinks she needs a little rest. Okay, they'll be right outside. Dawn doesn't understand. What was that? What was she talking about? Buffy apologizes and says she meant to tell Dawn, but the doctor spoke to her. And well, that thing that's pressing on her brain... It might make her say some weird stuff. But Dawn saw her a moment later. She was fine. Perfectly normal. Does she know she's saying them? Buffy's not sure. Willow says upside. After the operation, no more pressing. She'll be all normal all the time. Is that true? Santa doesn't lie. They head down the hall and who should they pass but the security guard from the factory. He's with his wife and daughter heading home, but he stops when he sees Dawn. There's no data there. No picture. It's empty. Why is it empty? Dawn is, with good reason, freaked. And Buffy assures her it's fine. The man's family cajoles him away. And then Ben is there. Are they okay? Was he bothering them? They're fine. Are they really letting that guy go home? Don't even get Ben started. The mental (laughs) ward is booked beyond capacity. So anyone who has families, they're releasing them to their care. What was he saying to them? Oh, nothing. Buffy says it was just babbling. Later, Willow and Tara are lying atop the roof of their dorm watching the stars. Willow asks Tara if she knows what's weird, and Tara says Japanese commercials are weird. That's that's very fair. There is a whole there speaking of Japanese commercials, there is a whole series of commercials for a pachinko parlor with Nicolas Cage. What is pachinko? Uh pachinko is sort of like a slot machine. Oh, so it's um, kind of like casino commercials? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like casino, um, 
but it's actually really interesting where because there's the strict rules in Japan, there are rules about getting about getting money. I forget I forget how the whole thing goes, but you can like get a prize from the prize shop and then go across the street and trade in the prize for cash. That's I forget so like weird. I forget how the whole I forget how the whole thing works, but we we saw it on a we saw it on a travel show. But yeah, like there you get and you get like you get balls that come out of it instead of money. And I think you trade you can trade in the balls for the cash. I for, like I said, I forget exactly how it goes, but it's a very interesting way that they have. So you like kind of have to act a little shady to get money. <laughs> So according to Reddit, there's apparently even weirder pachinko commercials that involve Schwarzenegger. Okay, I did not know about those. Hold on. But that's oh, why... YouTube is telling me the Schwarzenegger video isn't available anymore, so you may have to hunt it down fast. Yeah, but that's why, that's why I don't know if you've ever seen the like the the movie Lost in Translation. I have uh, not. Bill Murray. Like, that's one of the things. It's like a lot of actors will go to japan and like make you know weird commercials Commercials. and there's a whole like it's it's kind of like it's kind of like how david hasselhoff is big in germany yeah for like weird reasons it's like yeah like there's a lot of celebrities that are big in japan for these wild commercials that's insane i need to look up like weird japanese commercials later yeah willow says that's true but also some of the stars they're seeing they aren't even alive anymore. It's taken so long for the light of them to reach Earth that they have since exploded and died. Tara, sensing something is off, asks if things were rough at the hospital. The look on Willow's face says yes, but she just continues on about stars. She used to love looking up at them. Made her feel like she was in space. A part of them. She points out some of the constellations to Tara, and then Tara points out some of her own, like the big pineapple. She says the real ones never made sense to her. So she made up her own. Willow says to tell her more, and so she does, pointing out some others before asking Willow what she sees. What Willow sees is a giant flaming meteor about to crash into something. (laughs) Accurate. Because next we're seeing through the eyes of whatever was hitching a ride in that meteor, scurrying about the forest floor, watching the man from earlier, whose family does not seem to be doing a good job of watching him. No, no. And that's also the same guy that Glory... Yeah, I think that was the... Yeah, because he in when Glory does that, he mentions he has a wife and daughter. Yeah. And then yeah. we see him leaving the hospital with them. Yeah. But yeah, his family's just not doing a good job to keeping tabs on him. No, no. He probably, you know what? They probably went to bed and he just probably. wandered off. Scurrying up a tree, the whatever it is, drops down atop of him. And oh my God, this is just... Uh, nope. Mm-mm, this is no. another episode that I hate. I just... No. Like, it... It reminds me of that, like, freaky, weird baby from AHS Hotel. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, that, like, this obviously came first, but, like, when I saw it, like, slithering with the face, I'm like, oh, my God, it's like the weird little demon baby that, yeah. like, Lady Gaga had. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this is not one of their more charming demons. Back at the hospital, the weird little freakazoid is crawling around on the ceiling with, no, thank you, ma'am. Mm-mm. As people are rolled in, 
in Joyce's room, she pushes the call button repeatedly saying it's not working. She bets it even is, it isn't even hooked up mm-hmm. to anything. Like those buttons at the crosswalk. Buffy tries to assure her they got it before stopping. Wait, those buttons aren't hooked up to anything? <laughs> Before that conversation can go any further, the doctor comes in and Joyce pleads with Buffy to tell him something that they obviously have been talking about. They want to go home. Of course, they can come back and visit their mother tomorrow. No, all of them. They all want to go home. Joyce too. While the doctor understands that, he doesn't recommend it. Joyce can't do it. She can't. She can't just sit there waiting. It makes her head hurt. The doctor understands. Does he? Oh, good. Joyce would hate to think this was all her just talking out of her ass because of her brain tumor. (laughs) At this, Buffy frowns and Dawn looks more than a little worried. So Buffy sends her off in search of a snack. Joyce is mortified. She's sorry. She's just, she's tired. Which, wouldn't it be better for her mom to rest somewhere she feels safe and comfortable? It's possible, but the doctor says there's a lot of work on Buffy's part. Medicines to administer, vitals to check... She won't get much sleep. Buffy's fine with that. She's not really a sleep person. Joyce is thrilled, ready to go right then and there. But (laughs) Buffy tells her to hold on. (laughs) She needs to get all the info from the doctor. Meanwhile, that creepy little nobody nope is making its way across the ceiling right above Dawn's head. And this is all starting to feel like bad eggs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no. Elsewhere, Willow, Tara, Xander, Giles, Anya, and Riley are looking for the meteor. Riley's glad they called him in, and Xander's glad he actually showed up. But... (laughs) Riley's sorry about the previous night. He's sure it was fun. Oh yeah, tons of fun. They come across the meteor and Riley goes to investigate as Anya asks if it's hot. Radiation can make you sterile. Well, that has Xander jumping back as Riley looks a little concerned. But no, it's not hot, just warm. Anya notices it seems kind of hollow. So then they're all thinking the same thing, right? (laughs) Festive pinata? More like something evil hitched a ride to Earth in that and then just slithered off. In all fairness, Giles reminds them that they don't know it's slithered. (laughs) True. Anya is sure it frisked about like a fluffy lamb. They split up, trying to find it, and Willow finds the body of our guy from earlier. He's dead, but no markings. Huh. Willow recognizes him, too, says they saw him get discharged. Riley examines the body further and notices inside the mouth a gluey back substance that apparently smells rank, because, like, everyone starts covering their mouths. And Xander mentions dry heaving. Willow says they can't call Buffy, but she really wants to call Buffy. Tara says no. They can't. She has life stuff. They can deal with this. Right, because they always deal with creatures from outer space. <laughs> Anya is skeptical. Well, they could explore some more or do research. Everyone except Riley volunteers for research, as Willow is kind of over being the person who finds dead bodies. Riley says he'll stay behind, look around. He's not all that good with the research anyway. He likes himself a crime scene. As the others head off, Riley waits until they're out of earshot before calling a super secret number on his phone and asking for Graham. Ugh. Riley. (laughs) Back at the hospital, we head to the mental ward, which apparently is not at all secure. Just like seven people in one room with one nurse attending to them. And once again, our mental ward looks like it's straight out of the 1950s. Like, why is that always a thing? I know this, this, uh, 
I mean, I, I know, like, I, I get that it's pretty much for the atmosphere, but come on now. Let's let's be better to these poor people. Anyway, Sakugai is rambling as the nurse tucks him in for the night. He begs her not to leave, but she does. Passing a vending machine, which, why is there a vending machine in this room? And the guy is left all alone in the dark. Well, not alone, but the only one awake. The moment the nurse leaves, we hear scurrying, scurrying and slithering. And no, thank you. No. No one needs what comes next. The weird slithering of the creature, its weird baby cockroach face, the bile it spits on the man. It's its a whole lot of no. Who had it? Like, I, I, this is somebody that had a nightmare about this thing. Oh, absolutely. Because nobody, nobody, like, how would you come up with something as weird as this thing? Nope. This is, yeah. And since this is the psych ward, the nurse ignores the screaming she hears from the room. Great. What a... I know. Like, I know that she's used to the screaming, but come on now. Dismissing Joyce, the doctor goes over everything with Buffy, assuring her that if it's going to be too much for her, they can more than make her mom comfortable there. No. No, she's got this. Once again, without any indication anything is wrong, Joyce suddenly turns. She looks so much like her father when he cries. What does he think he was going on about? The doctor is used to this, though, and gets her attention, telling her to go ahead and take her daughters home. All while the note demon watches. And as they take her home and move to get comfortable, there's something lurking outside. Up in the woods, Riley waits as a government copter lands. Inside, several military operatives, including Graham and Major Ellis... And uh, Major Ellis is played by Nick Chinland, known for such things as Con Air, Third Watch, and The X-Files, where he played Donald Faster, and Young Justice, where he does several voices, including Bane. Yeah, he definitely, yeah, he definitely has that, like, military cop look to him, like a lot of what he, with a lot of what he does. So most of the time, though, I think he plays more like corporate guys, which is funny because he's the dad that hits on Lorelai in like the first episode of Gilmore Girls. Well, see, a lot of well, I think he I think he does both because like I'm seeing Officer Lejeune and Detective Miller <laughs> and Lieutenant Vince Madrid. Yeah. So like he like I see him. I've seen him in all of the like military military roles. like military cop roles and you've seen him in the like, like suit wearing roles the, yeah <laughs> riley fills him in and they go to see the body riley tells them to avoid the stuff in the mouth before handing them a vial of it turns out it's a protein alkaline so is this creature subterranean not sub extra it arrived here in this he shows them the meteorite okay then they'll start working on tracing the protein no can do but it's breaking down too fast. So then what does he suggest? Well, it came from space. So there has to be some trace radiation, right? And out here, you're not going to get much background gamma. The Major sends Graham and the others to get the Geiger counters out of the bags. At the Summer's home, Buffy and Don are on the couch watching television. Or rather, Buffy is watching television while Don kind of drifts in and out of sleep. Oh, wow. Nopey McNoperson creeps along the ceiling. Just why? Why? This is... Yeah, this is a nope. (laughs) It then changes direction and watches Joyce as she comes down the stairs and heads for the kitchen. A moment later, a crashing sound is heard. This alerts Buffy and wakes Dawn, who calls out Mom. 
And then, muting the TV, the two take off for the kitchen, where they find Joyce in the fridge, something burning on the stove. What is she doing? She's making breakfast. Not that Buffy needs any. She's disgusting. It takes Buffy a moment to work past that, to remind herself that her mother does not mean anything that she's saying. Especially as Joyce is back to normal a moment later and says she has no idea what she's doing down there. Buffy suggests they just get her back to bed. As they move to do just that, we see a shadow of something moving in the basement. (laughs) As they're tucking Joyce into bed, Dawn smoothing her hair, she suddenly jerks away, telling Dawn not to touch her. She calls her a thing, a shadow, says she doesn't know where she came from. Dawn is beyond hurt by this and runs off right as Joyce becomes lucid again. What's wrong with her? She's just tired. (sighs) They all are. Buffy then goes after Dawn, and we learn that Dawn's room is connected to Joyce's? Because that seems to be what's going on with the door situation. Yeah, it's a very weird layout. Yeah. Buffy enters, and Dawn says their mom hates her. She called her a thing. Their mother loves her. But it's not just mom. It's others, like the man at the hospital and another guy outside the magic shop. He said she didn't belong, that she wasn't real. Buffy tells her that has nothing to do with her. That there's something that happens to people's brains when they're unwell. Almost like they short circuit. Makes them think nothing is real but them. But if anyone says anything like that to her again, she wants her to ignore it. Even if it's mom, Dawn hates this. At the university library, the gang is doing research. Most of them anyway. Xander's more into the size of the planets and how they relate to the size of the cars named after them. Which is just exasperating Giles. Xander doesn't know why they're there to begin with. They need info on a giant snot monster. Yes, but it's a giant snot monster from space. Realizing what he just said, Giles corrects himself. Demons enter their world in many ways. (laughs) This one came from above. Got it. They needed somewhere packed with info on aboveness. Hence, the astronomy section of the library. You will notice, unlike with the Sunnydale High Library, (laughs) there are actually other people there. I know. There and working, and yet this doesn't seem to deter them from talking about this stuff. Like I said, like I've said before, like every everybody in this town is used to weird True. things happening. Anya and Tara report they found nothing in the periodicals. No other meteorite activity around the globe. Giles says it doesn't seem if they're being invaded then, which makes Tara feel better about the whole thing. Willow's found something, though, deep on the web. Seems the last time there was a strange meteorite activity like this, it was the Tunguska event in Russia. Okay, so real quick, uh, Tunguska event. It was a 12 megaton explosion that happened in a sparsely populated part of Russia in 1908. Yes, the date Willow gives is wrong. This explosion is said to have been caused by the atmospheric explosion of a stony asteroid about 160 to 200 feet in size. It is the largest impact in Earth's recorded history, as all the dinosaur ones would have been before (laughs) recorded recorded history. Yes, no recorded history. Maybe Glory is a dino god. (laughs) That's my theory. I think it'd be cool if Glory was like god of dinosaurs. And she's mad that all the dinosaurs are gone. Yeah, she's mad that all her dino friends are gone. And now she has to deal with primitive humans. Yes, dinos were so much better. Raptors? better than humans she's a raptor princess yes she's a raptor just take glory to jurassic park she'll be better (laughs) okay no (laughs) she'll break them out on purpose maybe that's how they all got out it was glory and we've been blaming poor phil this whole time for not doing his job poor phil okay (laughs) (laughs) 
Willow says some witnesses claim the meteor was hollow, and Xander wonders if it maybe had a chewy demon center. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Giles asks how far back the anomalies go, and Willow says pretty far back, back to the quell impact of the 12th century. The what? Queller impact. Willow doesn't know why it's called that. It didn't happen near a place called Queller. It actually happened in, like, Iceland. Xander says he just saw something about that and picks up a journal. Apparently, primitive people used to think the moon called madness, and so would sometimes pray to the moon to send something to them that would help quell the thing it caused. (laughs) And Xander would say the guy they found pretty much quelled. Willow said he was a mental patient, right? So this actually all lines up because apparently back in the day, there were like sweeping plagues of madness. And then these plagues would just suddenly stop. And the dates are all pretty close to the anomaly dates. Meteor goes boom, madness goes bye-bye. Okay, but what Xander read made it seem like this thing had to be summoned. So who summoned it? Well, Xander's money's on Glory, the resident beastly summoner. Willow doesn't like this. They should call Buffy, but they can't call Buffy. Can they call Buffy? Giles says no, but they should probably call Riley. And so Willow does on a payphone. Whew, old tech. She tells Riley the demon they're dealing with, and he doesn't seem surprised because he's looking at five corpses in the mental ward at Sunnydale Memorial. What? Willow's a little concerned now because Joyce, the tumor had her acting all wacky earlier, and she's not there. She was dismissed earlier. Ben told him. Oh, good. Is the demon still there? Riley thinks that he might have it cornered in the air ducts. Just keep on the researching and call him if they find a way to kill it. Okay, but shouldn't they cut? Riley hangs up before Willow can finish her sentence. Okay, then. Joyce is, she's still having a time of it. Rambling as she lays in bed, staring at the ceiling, talking about tennis and final exams, mentioning eyes like gasoline puddles. All while Dawn tries to block out the noise with a pillow and Buffy blasts music in the kitchen, doing dishes and finally allowing herself to break down. To give in to her fears and heartbreak, having to see her mother like that, fearing she may not get her mother back at the end of the operation. I felt this like scene deep in my soul. Yeah, this is this is one of those this this is one of those scenes in a otherwise forgettable episode that really hits you. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's a very, it's a moment that feels very real too. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, anybody who's has family members that have any sort of mental illness or who have had tumors like this, for me, it took me back to like the end of my grandmother's Alzheimer's Yeah, when she's like in the other room yelling about people poisoning her. And it's just, it's such a hard thing to hear and to know that this family member is basically a stranger at that moment. And I Mm -hmm. just... Michelle and Sarah both portrayed those emotions. Oh, they do. Yeah, for for perfectly. being for being in a series where it's supernatural elements are going on. They're acting with their mother with with, you know, Joyce's illness is so realistic. And like they the range of emotions that you get from them, like the scene where Joyce is in the kitchen and calls Buffy basically calls her fat. Yeah. And you see that look of hurt on Sarah's face, but it just slowly gives way to her. Yes, I know my mom isn't, you know, she doesn't mean this, but it still hurts. 
So you can have as much understanding of the situation, but it can still hurt. Yeah. Of course, what neither Dawn nor Buffy know is that part of her rambling is actually talking to the Queller Demon <laughs> on the ceiling. And I hate this thing. I hate it so I hate- much. Well, we won't, we won't have him for much longer. We won't. We're going to get rid of him real, real soon. Naming the hospital, Graham says that the signal stops at the edge of the parking lot. And Riley quickly figures out that it means the demon hitched a ride on someone's car. Some mental patient that was discharged today. Surprisingly on it... Riley also figures out that means the demon has gone to Buffy's. (laughs) So when Major Ellis says they need a list of all the patients discharged within the past 12 hours or so, Riley says, no, they don't. He knows where it's going and they need to move fast. Back at the house, Joyce is telling the demon that she is going to close her eyes and it is going to go away. (laughs) That is when it attacks, dropping down on the bed and spraying Joyce with its goo. She screams. Dawn comes in and seeing the demon also screams. (laughs) (laughs) Calling for Buffy as she grabs a coat rack to fight it off with, which good, good Dawn. (laughs) That's thinking on your feet. That's, yeah, grab the nearest thing that can be used as a weapon. And also allows you to like attack it without getting anywhere exactly. near it. Yeah, yeah. It keeps them. It keeps it at a distance, but also gives you something to to use. Very, very good. She pushes it off the bed, but it leaps back up and jumps for her, chasing her out of the room. And no, I can not handle that. Like half slither, half coal. Oh my <laughs> god! So I know it's it just goes right through you. <laughs> It chases her into her room in the hall. Dawn loops back around to Joyce's room and barricades one door and then the other, calling for Buffy again. This time, Buffy hears her and takes off running upstairs, trying to be calm at first in case Dawn's panic is of the medical nature. Nope, there's something out there and it's after mom. Telling them to stay barricaded, she goes in search of it. She doesn't have to search far. It drops down on her and they go rolling down the stairs (laughs) right before it disappears into the shadows. Carefully, she combs the first floor, making her way to the kitchen where she grabs a knife. She continues her search until she runs into Spike, coming up from the basement. (laughs) What is he doing there? This is the most random appearance of Spike. And I, I love, I love this moment. It's, it's just, it's so random and so beautiful. (laughs) Did she hear a noise? Right. Whatever. She caught him. The basement's full of junk, and as he's in need of junk, he's stealing? Yeah. (laughs) Not like he can pay for it. As he's speaking, he's pocketing photos of Buffy, which she sees, but before she can really call him out on that, the demon attacks again. (laughs) She's thinking, thinking, this is a problem for future Buffy. Yeah, this is, future Buffy is going to deal with that. Yes, present present day Buffy has to deal with this weird slithering monster in her house. Future Buffy will deal with the fact that Spike is stealing pictures for some reason. First Spike, then Buffy. But working together they manage to kill it and boy do I love those slow motion shots of him tossing her the knife and then him helping her up. No sooner is Buffy on her feet though than Riley and the initiative is busting in. Riley sees Spike, sees Buffy, and sees the dead demon on the floor. Is she okay? She doesn't answer, just runs upstairs to check on her mom and Dawn. Meanwhile, Spike tells Riley that he missed a real good time. (laughs) Oh, Riley does not like that. (laughs) Upstairs, Buffy tells them the demon is gone. She killed it. 
As she hugs her mom and Dawn, she tells them that everything is going to be okay. Then we're back at the hospital where Ben is leaving for the night and looking kind of sus. He heads out to his car and climbs in only to find Dreg. Hi, Dreg. Hi, Dreg. Dreg does not understand. What is Ben doing? Ben orders him out and Dreg, to his credit, gets out but again asks, why? Why summon the queller? Because Ben is just cleaning up Gloria's mess. Like he's done his whole damn life. What? I will admit the little twist we get later on is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But I think I would have almost preferred if everyone's first assumptions, like back in the day when we first saw this episode, Mm -hmm. had been right and Ben had been Glory's brother. Yeah. Like, I think it would have been an interesting dynamic to have these two godlike beings, Mm -hmm. one who wants to help humanity as Ben does in medicine. Yeah. And one who despises it. Yeah. Like it, it really would have been a great, it literally would have been a great twist, you know, that, yeah, like you said, like, you know, oh, I'm always cleaning up my sister's messes because she's a brat. Yeah. And it would have been a good parallel to Buffy and Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. But again, the twist is still awesome. Yeah. We then joined Buffy and Joyce just moments before Joyce's surgery. The two of them sitting together as she gets hooked up to various IV lines. She wants to ask Buffy something. And if she's being crazy, then Buffy can just tell her. But the other day, she's not sure when. Everything is blendy and she was kind of out of it. She had this, well, she doesn't want to say dream, but this knowledge, this moment of truth when everything became clear, even though she knows it's not possible, that she shouldn't think such things. Concerned Buffy frowns. What? Dawn, she's not Joyce's, is she? The worry, the fear on Buffy's face is clear. Still, she tells her mother the truth. No, she isn't. But she still belongs to them, right? And she's important to the world. Precious. As precious as Buffy is to her. Buffy nods. Then they have to take care of her. And she needs Buffy to promise that if something should happen, if she shouldn't make it out, then Buffy will take care of her, protect her. Love her as Joyce loves Buffy, because whatever Dawn is, she still feels like Joyce's daughter. Tears in her eyes, Buffy promises. Good. Good. The two hug, and Joyce says she doesn't know what she would do without Buffy. And Buffy, she's hoping she won't soon have to figure out what she has to do without her mom. The final moment of this episode, it's a tearjerker. As Joyce is rolled into surgery, Buffy and Dawn standing together with the entire Scooby gang behind them watching. Everyone there to support their little group matriarch. The end. (sighs) So like, I know, I know we've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Mm -hmm. Uh, These episodes are so hard to watch. Yeah. Because you now, like we now know that everything Buffy is worrying about, everything Buffy's afraid of, in a few weeks, it's going to come true. Yeah. You think everything is okay, and then it's not. And it's, it's you know, it, it's, it hurts. It still hurts yeah. to think about. Like, it, you know, just how quickly it happens. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's not, like, like, the way that, the way that it happens is a very realistic portrayal of someone going suddenly. You know, you... It's not the somebody's in bed, you know, in a hospital with their loved ones surrounding them getting to say goodbye. It's a very brutal, very brutal way that it's shown. Which sadly is a very realistic way. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
This was a very short episode. This was a very short episode. It was it was a very I don't know. Like it was an episode obviously where stuff happened and we obviously furthered things like we furthered Spike's crush on Buffy. We yeah. furthered Riley turning to the initiative more than the Scoobies. We yeah. furthered Joyce's illness. But it also seems like nothing happened. It's like a nothing. Very, it's, it's a very lean episode. It's a very lean episode. Yeah. Very like a lot of running around that obviously could be summarized clearly. Yeah. yeah. Like but, this, this is an episode that could be taken out. Yeah. And not lose anything. No. Like we, like the few scenes we needed, we could have put in another episode. Yeah. Um, but it, it is leading into next week's episode. Yep. So um, that is it for this week. Thank you all for listening and make sure to join us next time. Season five, episode 10 into the woods. We're going to get rid of Riley. Oh, good. Finally. I know we went on a roller coaster ride with Riley and I'm over it. So everything that's been going on with Riley these past couple episodes is going to come to a head next week. Uh, Until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye! Bye!